Ding, Fraser Dunn. Ding, Fraser Dunn. We are broadcasting from the furthest reaches of space. I'm your host, Julia Sorensen, and welcome to Trivia Escape Pod. I'm Ross White. It's February 25th, 2020, a good solid two months after Christmas, even though Jules is using some kind of Christmas-like music. It is cold and it is snowing. It's Christmas. It, it does snow in space. That is space snow. Spock is currently outside of the escape pod in his little cat space suit with his tongue stuck out, trying to get a little space snow on it. Although he might just be eating asteroid dust, let's be real. <laughs> we are searching for a hospitable planet, but in the meantime, we've got trivia questions about scientists, Star Wars, world capitals, and poetry, as well as a movie smash round. A good combination. So we're going to be asking these questions in four rounds to test your knowledge and occasionally your creative thinking. So if you want to play along, go ahead and tweet us your scores and see if you can beat our scores this week. This week's user-submitted theme song is called Accelerator, and that is by Kazi, one of our younger fans. I think he's 11 years old and just composed that. Uh, he's 11 and composed that? That's more impressive than I've ever done in my entire life. But it is horrifying that he is 11 and he is listening to this podcast. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> What's up? Jules, this week, I feel a little unsettled because if you look around the pod, you will see hanging from just about every place they can hang from, Engineer Rachel has put plastic spiders into the pod. I am choosing to not acknowledge them because then I will just curl into a ball and start screaming. I know they're plastic, but my brain's like, no, they're not. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. And because it's space spiders, they are all kinds of neon colors. I, I thought that was a dead giveaway that they were plastic, but we did hit that planet that had all those space spiders on it, and that was terrifying. I did not enjoy that. I still think some of the eggs might be in our carburetor. I still worry that I have eggs in my ears. That is a fear of mine, is like bug eggs in my ear. That's like weirdly a rational fear, though, because I know it's it's like a, an availability heuristic of how rarely it happens, but the one time you hear about it's like, oh, that's definitely going to happen to me. Oh, God. Did you just drop some psych terminology on me? Availability heuristic? Yeah, yeah. It's like when you think something is more frequent to occur than it actually is, like shark attacks. Because like shark attacks are so publicized, but they rarely ever happen. So you think they're super common. I guess I just don't feel like bugs in your ears are well publicized. Maybe is that, just, is maybe. that a common thing in the media these days? Maybe I just hear a lot of horror stories, but uh, it's, it's like the same thing with quicksand, how like in every kid's cartoon, quicksand is a thing. Like to quote John Mulaney, I thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger issue in adulthood than it actually is. <laughs> I know that you're from Florida yes. and I know the news down there is insane. So maybe that's why Bugs in the Ears seems a little more available to you. You know, yeah. Anytime I say, like tell a story about stuff that just happens normally in Florida, everyone just stares at me in actual horror be like, what? Like, I had gators in my backyard, and they barked every night. Wait, they bark? Yeah, gators bark. <laughs> Is no. this like an Ozzy Osbourne thing? They're barking at the moon? I truthfully never knew it was gators. My mom always lied and said it was frogs, and then she didn't tell me it was gators until after we moved away so that I wasn't scared. You know, that's a that's good parenting yes. to make sure that the bite-sized human in the house doesn't realize <laughs> the that there are alligators in the backyard. <laughs> I was fun-sized. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, Gators Barking was actually the first trivia question I got right before I started co-hosting with you at Linda's. Like, it was my first time playing with the Trash Boat team. And you ask the question, like, what sound do gators make? I'm like, oh, they bark. And everyone's like, what the fuck? I have no recollection of even asking that really? question. Because I had no recollection of that fact. That was like my first interaction with you as a person. Oh, my God. I wonder if someone else wrote that and I was just reading it for whatever reason. Gators barking is what drew us together. <laughs> <laughs> and that, my friends, is the most Florida man thing you'll ever hear on this podcast. <laughs> Julia, it looks like we've got something on radar. Oh, Dip, you're right. Looks like someone else floating through space in an escape pod. How do we keep finding these people? I don't know, because there's. it seems like there's nothing out here, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> there's another escape Ding. pod. Um, let's perform the docking maneuver. I will analyze the passenger manifest. Opening the airlock. Our guest today is a regular performer on the Pitt stand-up house team in Chapel Hill. Please welcome Jesse Bernier. Hello, that's me. Jesse, yes. we're so glad to find you. Your escape pod, yes. curiously, is shaped like a microphone. Yes, it is. That was on purpose because I'm trying to spread the message. And your message is what? I'm. Uh, have you heard of the Rebel Alliance? I'm a gun runner for the Rebel Alliance. The Empire is bad news, and we need to get guns to space guns to the good guys understood i feel like this is probably just a front and jesse is a spice runner <laughs> yeah i was about to say this sounds like a a, a drug mule type thing <laughs> are, are the guns drugs <laughs> and jesse when we talk about the resistance are we are we talking about the people who in the wake of the 2016 election were like hashtag resist for all of about 20 minutes or are we talking about like people on Coruscant? All of the above. And on the planet Dune with their spice that somebody has to run. Oh my god, I never realized. Are, are they the same universe? Is Dune and Star Wars like connected by spice? Not according to the authors, but they are in my mind. <laughs> Headcanon. It's yes. important. Man, yes. that would be incredible. And we are connected to that universe through the Spice Girls. Yes. I mean, Emma B has connected me to so many wonderful things in this life. Because if you know there's one thing we've learned about Baby Yoda, it means there's also a, 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 a sporty Yoda and a, a <laughs> ginger oh my God. Yoda. I want ginger a, Yoda. I want scary Yoda. I, scary Yoda. Okay, look. If, <laughs> Julia, you are an artist. If you can throw that together and put it on a t-shirt, you are going to make... A million dollars. Oh, shit. I actually want that. Jesse, take 20%. Because that... TM, TM, TM. <laughs> copyright. Trading mark. <laughs> Trademarking right now. Trading part. You know how some off. podcasts have like their own stores with like t-shirts and stuff? That's the first this one. This will be the one thing the, that we the have. The Trivia Escape Pod We won't have anything with our name on it. It's just going to be this one shirt. <laughs> Inexplicably. <laughs> All right, uh, Jesse, here are the rules. Okay. Uh, we provide you with a pen and paper, and we're going to ask you some questions. Okay. Now, our intelligence scanners will give you points for each answer you get right, but our AI also has a sense of humor. So in addition to correct answers, it now seems to be giving points for answers that are so wrong that they can make us laugh. So you might get some pity points coming your way. Okay. Uh, we will ask all the questions for a round to give the listeners time to think about their own answers, and then we'll check in with you to see how well you did. Sound clear? Sounds good. Any questions? No. All right. We're going to start off with round one, our general trivia round. Um, there's going to be six questions in this round. So question one. To show the safety of this type of current, Nikola Tesla lit lamps by letting electricity flow through his body. What is it? 
Now, I think that in an opposing historical fact, Thomas Edison ran some kind of current through elephants, right? Yes. No, that, was that Edison? I thought it was Tesla. Oh, was Tesla I, doing that? I'm pretty sure that was Tesla. It was definitely one of them. I was thinking that it was Edison, but I'm not 100% sure on that. For some reason, I I thought it was Edison and he was killing elephants. But I definitely remember the elephants. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't actually, I'm wrong. You're right. It is Edison. I didn't realize that Tesla was lighting lamps by letting the electricity flow through his body. That's kinky. Yeah. I, I should know that Edison thing because that was Bob's Burgers. That was an episode of Bob's Burgers. You definitely should know I it I should have known that. I'm ashamed of myself right now. Jesse, question number two. I'll name three roles. You tell me the name of the actor who played all three. Okay. And it's a four-part question. 2A, the three roles are Robert California, Red Reddington, and Alan Shore. 2B, the three roles are Professor X, the Beast, and Victor Frankenstein. 2C is actually four roles. Vincent and Frankie Martino, Saul Silver, and Metalhead Troy. And 2D, Terrence Mann, Darth Vader, and Admiral Greer. So tell me the names of the actors who played those 13 roles. It's only four actors, though. My math abilities are improving. Did you see me do that on the I'm fly? very proud yeah. of you. Yeah. Very proud. Um, I was just reading this book recently. It's like kind of like hidden figures, but like 1950s with a woman astrophysicist, and she would do like math to relax, and her husband would just like throw equations at her. I'm like, huh, this has stressed me out so much. <laughs> All right, number three. There's another multi-part question. Four parts to it, 3A through D. I will read a line of poetry. You tell me the poet. 3A. I heard a fly buzz when I died. 3B. Oh, captain, my captain, rise up and hear the bells. 3C. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night. And then 3D. Give me your tired, your poor, your, hud your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. I just love 3C, Tiger, Tiger, Burning Bright in the Forest of the Night, because every time I hear that poem, I think somebody's setting tigers on fire. I wasn't even thinking of that, but now I am. I like that better. Oh, I think the spiders heard that. I don't think they like the idea of being oh, set on fire. You know what, though? We should get a flamethrower. I mean, I'm talking like Sigourney Weaver aliens style flamethrower and we? torch these bad boys <laughs> if I weren't worried that the smell of plastic would be overwhelming in the pod. Yeah, we only have so much oxygen. We don't want to taint it. You know what? That makes me think next time we form a boarding party and go on somebody else's pod, we should take a flamethrower because the last time we did that was so terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Question number four, Jesse. In which year were Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. assassinated? That just seems like a really bad year. A little bit. Yeah. Little, little bit. Uh, number five. I'll name a capital. You tell me the country that it's the capital of. There are four of these. So 5A, Sophia. 5B, Wellington. 5C is Caracas. And 5D is Port-au-Prince. Did I pronounce that right? Sure. Why cool. not? Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to say 5A, Sophia, 5B, Vergara. 
just to see what would happen. My brain went Sophia the first, like the Disney princess. Of course, your brain went to the Disney princess, <laughs> yes. and mine went to the bad ABC sitcom. No, Modern Family's good. I like Modern Family. It's, I think I haven't watched it in like eight seasons. It has not changed, except that Luke has gotten older, but Manny has stayed roughly the same. All I know is that uh, apparently the eldest daughter had twins. She had babies at some point. She did have babies, yeah. And she still looks like she's about 12. I mean, that's just... Yes, it's uncomfortable seeing her hold children when I still think she's like 15. It's always been uncomfortable the way they dress her because they dress her like she's an adult woman because she is, but she always looks to me like one of the kids at the high school where I used to teach. And I'm like, (laughs) ew, put some clothes on. Ross, you want to take number six? Number six, barbell, dangle, and pushbacks are all which, uh, I'm sorry, are all types of which accessory? Barbell, dangle, and pushbacks are all types of which accessory? All right, so we've given Jesse a little time to think in our general knowledge round. This one went all over the place. A lot of times <laughs> I feel like they hew a little closer to each other, and this one... Boy, I can't make sense of it. Nah, it's a curveball. Well, Jesse, let's see how you did. Number one, to show the safety of this type of current, Nikola Tesla lit lamps by letting electricity flow through his body. What is it? Alternating current. That's correct. 50 points on that one. All right, nicely done. Are you a Tesla fan? I am. Tesla is is a dude. As a dude, but not as a band. Uh, I'm not aware of the band. Oh, they were a, like an 80s metal band, okay. one of those hair bands that nobody knew of except for their big love ballads. <laughs> their hit was called Love Song. Love was song. it actually just called Love Song? It was just called Love That's Song. That's hilarious. Yeah. I actually really liked that band. That was the first concert I ever saw was Great White, Tesla, and a band called Badlands. I like it. Yeah, fun fact. Very grungy. Number two. So we asked... We named three roles, and we asked for you to tell us the name of the actor who played these roles. Uh, first one is Robert California, Red Reddington, and Alan Shore. Uh, was that James Spader? That was James Spader. 50 points. Um, next is Professor X, The Beast, and Victor Frankenstein. McAvoy? Yep, that is correct. What did he play Fra- Victor Frankenstein in? I don't know. One of them Frankenstein movies. That seems totally just, reasonable. Just one yeah. of them, one of them, there Frankenstein them. movies. That's like not another teen movie. It's one of them Frankenstein movies. <laughs> not another Frankenstein movie. <laughs> to see Vincent and Frankie Martino, Saul Silver and Metalhead Troy, um, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. See, I like it with the twins, but no, we were looking for James Franco. Okay, yeah, he played twins on the Deuce. Amazing. Yeah. I love when actors play their own twin, like um, Lisa Kudrow on Friends. And oh, they have to yeah. do scenes with themselves. That makes me happy. Lastly, 2D, Terrence Mann, Darth Vader, and Admiral Greer. Uh, I believe that my guess would be James Earl Jones. You would be correct. And I'm sad that Mufasa was not on that list, but I guess that would have been a dead giveaway. As if Darth Vader wasn't? I know him better as Mufasa. You know, okay. I know him maybe, better as Darth Vader. Maybe David Prowse played Admiral Greer. That was the name of the tall guy in the suit, right? I David am... Prowse? Yes, David Prowse was the, yes. Okay. Uh, number three, I will read a line of poetry. You tell me the poet 
big poetry fan, Jesse? Uh, sometimes. Oh, yeah? Okay, excellent. Well, 3A is I Heard a Fly Buzz When I Died. I believe that was Snoop Dogg's first album. That is Snoop Dogg's first album. <laughs> Twas lit, um, accompanied by Emily Dickinson. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I do need a technical correction. The Snoop Dogg album was I Heard a Fly Buzzizzle When Buzzizzle. I Died. Yeah, yes. so oh my God, you I did have to right say now. Emily Dickinson. <laughs> 3B, oh, Captain, my Captain, rise up and hear the bells. I believe that was about Captain Kirk. <laughs> and so the poet would have been... Uh, Spock. Yes. Also known as Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman, yes. 3C, tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night. Was Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> They were riding the tiger. Look, if anybody would have a burning tiger, it, it would be, be Siegfried and Roy. They'd probably be like, ah, this is our new show. They'd put the tiger in like a, one of those glittery suits that they like to wear, and then it would have like little pyro on it, and the yes. tiger would be bur- That would be I'm amazing. I'm also picturing like Cecilia playing in the background because young me would always mix up Simon and Garfunkel with Siegfried <laughs> and Roy. <laughs> So now I'm just yes. picturing like Cecilia playing while they're riding on Burning Tigers. I love the idea of Art Garfunkel in one of their outfit in one of Siegfried and Roy's <laughs> outfits. That'd be amazing. Three D, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Well, I believe the Statue of Liberty wrote that when she had it tattooed on herself as a tramp stamp. <laughs> so that's why she wears those garbs to cover yes, the tramp stamp. Exactly. <laughs> That was Emma Lazarus. Lazarus. The poem is called, I think it's called The New Colossus. You got me there. I'm not sure. That'd be a good trivia question. How about that? Uh, Number four, in which year were Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King Jr. assassinated? I don't know, but I'm going to say 1967. So close. 68. 68. Question number five is world capitals. We'll name the capital. You tell us the country that it's capital of. 5A is Sophia. I'm just guessing France. I couldn't think of anything funnier than France. There is nothing funnier than France, <laughs> except freedom fries. <laughs> the <laughs> correct answer there was Bulgaria. Bulgaria. 5B is Wellington. Wellington steak. That is not quite correct. New Zealand New was Zealand. the correct answer. But if there were a country made of steak, I it, would visit. Yes. I would have spent my honeymoon there. <laughs> Don't know if uh, Heidi would have liked that. Oh, no, probably not. <laughs> also, it's poor form to visit a foreign country and then eat it. And they get they get what they pay for. 5C, Caracas. Caracas is a Magic the Gathering card, so I believe it's in Dominaria. <laughs> <laughs> and which mana would you use to cast Caracas? It's a land. It taps for white. You can also take away planeswalking from your opponent's legendary creatures. Or you can just slap a big chunk of beef wellington. <laughs> beef, Yes. The correct answer there is Venezuela. Venezuela. 5D is Port-au-Prince. Port-au-Prince and the Revolution. (laughs) The correct answer is Haiti, but our AI is flashing up that you are getting all kinds of pity points here, Jesse. Sorry, but Port-au-Prince and the Revolution is the this is going to be an amazing. Okay, basically, we have got to get the merchandise store going today. <laughs> oh my god, the, the Baby Yoda Spice Girls and Port-au-Prince and the Revolution, awesome. <laughs> Lastly, number six, barbell, dangle, and pushbacks are all type of which accessory? Uh, I was going to guess nose rings, earrings. Actually, earrings. very okay. close. 
All right, so at the end of round one, how does our artificial intelligence, which not only writes our questions but also keeps the score, what's it telling us that Jesse's score is? Oh, we are flashing up a nice 250 for round one. Not bad, not bad at all. Round two, you know what? We said at the top of the podcast that we'd be doing some Star Wars questions. I didn't realize there would be a whole round of them today. And based on Jesse's entry into the pod, I'm guessing this might be comfortable territory. He's in his wheelhouse. It's going to be fine. All right. Question number one of round two. The forest moon of Endor is home to which hunter-gatherers? Xenon warrior princesses. I don't know why that was where my brain went. No, Um, they they are all located in Wellington. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Number two. This is a four-part question. So I will name a role in the Star Wars universe, and you tell me the name of the actor who originated in it. 2A, Tobias Beckett. 2B, Lando Calrissian. 2C, Cassian Andor. And 2D, Captain Phasma. If I pronounce any of those wrong, I'm sorry. Please send a very strongly worded letter to space. Come on, as Star Wars stands, you know they will send a strongly worded letter. Oh, I'm sure. You had the wrong inflection in the letter P. (laughs) I like that there's a character named Tobias Beckett. Yeah, that just sounds like a dude. I just kind of now think, wouldn't it be great if we had a Star Wars universe where there was a Samuel Beckett? Question number three, Jesse. Name these Star Wars locations, and it's a four-part question. 3A, the planet that houses the Imperial Center for the Galactic Empire. 3B, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than which spaceport? 3C, this planet is home to the Gungans. And I'm sorry if I've just caused any, you know, PTSD-style flashbacks, because thinking about Gungans is never a pleasant thing. 3D, Yoda kept a home in the swamps of this planet. Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, Number four, name any three of the characters who say some close variation of the line, I have a bad feeling about this in the Star Wars movies. So just name any three of the characters who say some close variation of, I have a bad feeling about this. Question number five might be the easiest question ever asked on this podcast. (laughs) What is the name of the show developed for Disney Plus that followed the adventures of a lone gunslinger in the Star Wars universe? What? That's insanely hard. I feel like the AI is not even trying here. Uh, lastly, number six, which actors provided the voices of droids K2SO and L337? All right, so that is the end of our romp through Star Wars territory. A sort of relaxed, pleasant stroll down memory lane, except for <laughs> that one intersection where it was like, oh, episode one, blah. <laughs> I just rewatched episode one because of that sweet, sweet Disney Plus and was surprised at how racist the opening moments are. I, Wait, what do you mean? Well, just the... The things they say about the Gungans? Or is that what you're referring to? No, I'm actually more like the uh, the sort of trade war where you've got these very uh, highly stereotyped Asian accents. 
Right, right. Uh, that just was like, come on, really? Yeah. How, what was George Lucas thinking? I mean... That was the period where he was surrounded by a bunch of yes-men that were just saying everything he said was amazing, go with it. Now, I did see that Ahmed Best, who voiced Jar Jar Binks, I think, or did he He was the, the actor in the in the suit. So he did the motion capture yes. stuff. Okay. Uh, he is going to get like a live action reality show in this that has something to do with Star Wars. And I'm just thinking, so is is that really the I mean, I get that, Is it the Ahmed best you can do? No. <laughs> but I mean I get that he has been so wronged by Lucasfilm. Yeah. And I'm surprised that he still wants anything to do with the Star Wars universe. But apparently he was a big fan mm-hmm. all along. So they're probably giving him a big fat check. But I'm just thinking like do you really want to drag us in that direction, Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Don't you want us to be pro Star Wars? Nah. Hopefully, he he will be a totally normal person on this thing. I would love if it's just like being Jar Jar just broke him, and then he just consistently speaks like Jar Jar for the rest of his life. I would not love that. <laughs> I would not love that for him. I would not love that for his family. <laughs> Can you imagine growing up with a dad who is Jar Jar? No. Uh, no. I don't want to. Um, let's move on to going over our answers before I have to think about that any further. Number one, the forest moon of Endor is home to which hunter-gatherers? Those were the Ewoks. That is correct. Do you have a favorite Ewok? Uh, I guess Wicket, because mm. that was Warwick Davis. And uh, this isn't really a spoiler, but he's in uh, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. When mm-hmm. you see the Ewok at the very end, that's uh, Warwick Davis playing Wicket again. And the little... Ewok is his actual son in real life as well. Oh, that's Cute. cool. I like that. Now, he was also in episode one, right? During the pod race, wasn't he yes. hanging out on the he terrace? Was in the stand, like, yes. Yeah, awesome. I believe he's been in most of the episodes. Yeah. Cool. I hadn't realized that. He's also in, is it Labyrinth that he was in? Or Willow? Well, he was in Willow, Willow for sure. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. My favorite Ewok is actually the one... Now, this this is in a deleted scene, so it's sort of a deep cut, but my favorite Ewok is the one, after they knock those troopers off of the speeders, who jumps down, rips open his, his armor, and starts feasting kind of like the ape in Ad Astra. That was a great scene. I agree with you. How did they leave that on the cutting room floor? I mean, they were going to cook Han and Luke alive, so it's not like they're... Against that kind of... Oh, no, they're straight-up cannibals. Yes. Yeah, you think like, oh, they're like the snuggle bear, but no. Number two, I'll name a role in the Star Wars universe. You tell me the name of the actor who originated it. 2A is Tobias Beckett. Samuel Adams. Unfortunately, that is Woody Harrelson's character from okay. Solo, A Star Wars Story. Okay. 2B, Lando Calrissian. Was well, Billy D. Williams. Ah, yeah, the smoothest man in all of space. Two Cold 45. Su- Man, that would have been awesome if instead of a lightsaber, he just had like a can of Colt 45 that just went, (laughs) got really big. And then he's like sword fighting with people with it. 2C, Cassian Andor. That was the lead actor in Rogue One, and I do not know his name. So I'm going to go with Samuel Adams again. That is Diego Luna. Okay. And 2D, Captain Phasma. This is the woman that was in the Game of Thrones, the tall woman, and I think her first name is Christine, and I don't know her last name. I think we can give you 25 points for that. It's Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. Is her name. We also would have taken Brienne of Tarth. Brienne of Tarth. Um, Or my goddess. Okay. (laughs) 
I love her. <laughs> yes. Uh, number three, name these Star Wars locations. 3A, the planet that houses the Imperial Center for the Galactic Empire. I believe that's Coruscant. That is correct. 3B, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy than which spaceport? Most Eisley, robot racists. Yes, in parentheses, robot racists. Yes. Uh, 3C, this planet is home to the Gungans. That was Naboo. Correct. And lastly, Yoda kept a home in the swamps of this planet. Dagobah. Also correct. Excellent job. Where was it that they did like the short film? It might have even been a cartoon where the the sort of walrus face dude and the pig nose guy who accost Luke Skywalker in uh, Mos Eisley. And the, of course, one ends up with his arm cut off. But they somebody did like a short film where you see their whole day and it's all just a huge misunderstanding. <laughs> and so it just makes Luke and Obi-Wan out to be like the absolute worst. But like, that the, sounds like a robot chicken. It might've been like the walrus face guy was like mm -hmm. an architect or yeah. something <laughs> that made me laugh. I can't remember what it was. Number four, name any three of the characters who say some close variation of the line. I have a bad feeling about this in the star Wars movies. Uh, Han, Luke and Leia all said it. Also, C-3PO, Ray, and Finn have also said it. That is correct. BB-8 and K-2SO have okay. also said it. Okay. All right. So, very nicely done. And I think you just picked up some bonus points for going beyond three. Mm-hmm. Question number five. What's the name of the show developed for Disney Plus that will follow the adventures of a lone gun... Or that follows the adventures of a lone gunslinger in the Star Wars universe? Something That's... tells me this question's outdated. <laughs> the Mandalorian. Correct. And, uh... Last question. Sorry, calculating. Uh, last question. Which actors provided the voices of droids K2SO and L337? Okay. K2SO was in Rogue One. That was Alan Tudyk. Correct. And um, the other one, uh, it's the woman from Fleabag, and I think her name is uh, Phoebe Waller. Phoebe Waller. Kate's Phoebe Waller Bridge, but Waller. you still get credit for that one. Phoebe okay. Waller Kate's is kind of an amazing mashup because okay. it's uh, Phoebe it's Kate's Fleabag is, yes. plus plus the girl from Fast, Fast Times, Times at Ridgemont High. High. Yes, so that's like two generations. Fast Times at Tatooine of, High of, of Heartthrob. <laughs> Tatooine High yeah. should be on Disney Plus. Yes, <laughs> it'll be like Glee. It'll be the musical. Yeah. All the young aliens have come together. I would pay more for Disney Plus than I'm already paying. I'm if frankly they would surprised that. that hasn't happened already because I feel like taking well-known characters, making them young, and putting them in school is a very common trope of big franchises. I feel like Disney needs to hop on it and hire Jesse immediately because he is just <laughs> rolling up on the programming and merchandising ideas today. Honestly, yeah. Julia, what is our artificial intelligence telling you that Jesse's score is after two rounds? Getting in big letters the words crushed it because uh, you have 900 points right now. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> It is a lot. Only 100 more to go to get us fueled for another week. This pod is, of course, powered by Correct Answers, and we'll see how you do when we come back from our short break.
And we are back with more Trivia Escape Pod. Now, guys, if you like the show, you can really help us out by leaving us a review or telling a friend to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or even just going to TriviaEscapePod.com. Every review matters for a little podcast like ours, so give us a shout. Pretty, 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 please. Over the break, Julia was on Space Google looking up Gungans. Because I didn't know that's what Jar Jar's species was called. And sadly enough, there is Gungan porn on the internet, (laughs) which just proves that out in space, Google's even worse than it is on Earth. Yeah, because something having to do with the atmosphere just turns off the safe filter. I'm sorry, but that picture of that one Gungan's tongue is just terrifying. The fact that it's like the length of his body. I need to burn the internet. Can we get that flamethrower <laughs> for just the internet? Right. <laughs> Sounds good. Jesse, how are you feeling after two rounds? I'm doing good. You have got 900 points, 100 away from getting us into the furthest reaches of space. Now, Julia, last week, Engineer Rachel was here. Mm-hmm. You were not. And she sent you on a quest to try to find a Space Hardies. But, of course, all of their logos are just stars. Did you find any space fast food while you were out? I wound up at a space Arby's, but I didn't know if that was worth reporting or not. Yeah. (laughs) It's not, I promise. I got some good space curly fries, though. That's all Arby's is good for. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it's it just seems to me like her pranks are getting... A little less engaged. (laughs) Last week, she sent you on a wild goose chase, which actually got you out of the pod. And I know you like to actually stretch your legs. And then this (laughs) week, well, okay, the spiders are moving. Yeah, I don't think these are plastic, Ross. I see webs forming. Oh, gross. (laughs) But I'm looking out the window. Our podcat Spock is continuing his space walk. And he he is currently shuffling through some space litter, which is coming off the side of the pod at an amazing rate. He's kicking it out into space. That might just be space dust, but it really looks like space litter. I'm sure he uses it as space litter, let's be real. Yeah, probably. Jesse, round three today is a movie smash round. And what's going to happen is that our artificial intelligence has written the plots to a number of new movies it's going to give you the plot and it wants you to tell it the name of its movie however our ai is it's really this is sort of a machine learning thing because the way that it writes screenplays is that it takes the titles of two existing movies and smashes them together to make one mega movie i'll give you an example here here's the plot you got to tell us if you can name this movie cameron diaz is stalked by a chimney sweep and after bodily fluid makes her hair stand up sugar makes it go down what's the name of that movie jesse Uh, There's something about Mary Poppins. Good. You definitely know how this round works. And our AI has got 10 of these for you today. So let's jump right in. Number one, the shady brother of Thanos is seemingly kidnapped by dangerous gangsters when Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Widow come over to play Stratego. Also, if you think stepping on Legos hurts, stepping on the Stratego pieces is so much worse. Oh, God, I can imagine. (laughs) Stepping on uh, risk pieces is also no fun. Sometimes you're like, I'm just going to bring the foot down on Kamchatka, and then all of a sudden you're in terrible, terrible pain. Kamchatka came down on you. Plot number two, a detective investigates the death of Joy, the patriarch of an eccentric, combative family of emotions. Number three. A spy organization recruits an unrefined but promising street kid named Simba into the agency's ultra-competitive training program 
just as a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius hyena. <laughs> that one's a lot even for the AI. Yeah, truly. <laughs> Number four. Man, the AI is really on it today. <laughs> During an adventure into the criminal underworld, Woody meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Buzz Lightyear years before joining the rebellion. Also voiced by Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> Number five, an ex-con on a fur trading expedition in the 1820s fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and gains the power to make himself very small. Mauled by a bear. I don't know why I like that phrase. Mauled by a bear. Mauled by a bear. It's better than barked at by an alligator. Paul Blart mauled by a bear. I would pay so much money to watch that. <laughs> That's going to be the fifth movie in the franchise. Number six, Peter Parker visits Italy, but has to defend it from two robbers after his high school chaperones leave him there over Christmas. I like this one. I do too. <laughs> Number seven, a man is picked up by a fishing boat, bullet riddled and suffering from amnesia, and helps a young singer find fame as age and alcoholism sends his own career into a downward spiral. Number eight. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, Atticus Finch defends a black man against an undeserved rape charge. Whoa, that took a, took a dark turn. A little bit. Yeah. Also, so my friend was teaching me about the, the Kinsey scale of sexuality yesterday, which I had never heard of before. It's like a rather simplistic way of like marking uh the degree of sexual preference yeah it's, it's like, named after angela kinsey who used to be on the office <laughs> perfect yeah yes um but i found a parody version where it's of monsters and number six which is typically like solely uh homosexual on the scale it was uh like a monster sexuality thing and then number six was just pennywise in all forms oh. and i hate it <laughs> Number nine, in the dead of a Wyoming winter, a bounty hunter, an infamous criminal sister, and Aquafina plan a heist. I love Aquafina. Have you seen her new show? The... No, I've heard good things, though. The last thing I saw her in was the second Jumanji. Oh, I still haven't seen the second Jumanji. Oh, shit. That might have been a spoiler. She's in it. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, you don't probably, know who she is in I'll it, I'll probably though. live. I assume she's an alligator. <laughs> I do. I want to see this new series, though. I think she's great. Number 10. A deadly threat from Earth's history reappears and a hunt for a lost artifact takes place between Batman and the Joker. All right. Jesse, needs some more time? Are you ready to go over the answers? Let's just go for it. All right. I like the attitude. Let's go for it. Number one. The shady brother of Thanos is seemingly kidnapped by dangerous gangsters when Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Widow come over to play Stratego. That's Avengers 3 Goodfellas. The answer our AI was looking for was Avengers Endgame Night. Number two, a detective investigates the death of Joy, the patriarch of an eccentric, combative family of emotions. When there's emotions involved, it has to do with Thanksgiving. That's the best I got. <laughs> the answer that our AI had was Knives Inside Out. Number three. A spy organization recruits an unrefined but promising street kid named Simba into the agency's ultra-competitive training program, just as a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius hyena. 
Lion King Kong. Uh, the Lion Kingsman, the Secret Service. Number four, during an adventure into the criminal underworld, Woody meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Buzz Lightyear years before joining the Rebellion. It's Star Wars and Toy Story. I couldn't figure out how to put them together. That one was Solo, a Star Wars Toy Story. Okay. Yeah. Number five, an ex-con on a fur training expedition in the 1820s fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and gains the power to make himself very small. Ant-Man versus Grizzly Adams. <laughs> I like that better, but we're looking for the Revenant Man. Number six, Peter Parker visits Italy but has to defend it from two robbers after his school chaperones leave him there over Christmas. Homecoming alone. Home alone coming? Homecoming and home alone. Oh, uh, is that... I, homecoming was the first oh, one. Oh, that's the one with the far, vulture. Oh, far from home. Far from home. Okay. Yeah, so Spider-Man far from home alone on that one. Uh, number seven, a man is picked up by a fishing boat, bullet riddled and suffering from amnesia, and helps a young singer find fame as age and alcoholism sends his own career into a downward spiral. Jaws versus Frank Sinatra. Uh, the, the battle of the century, but we're looking for a star is the born identity. But Disney Plus, get on it. Jaws <laughs> versus Frank Sinatra. With uh, Bear Girls. <laughs> Number eight. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, Atticus Finch defends a black man against an undeserved rape charge. It's it and To Kill a Mockingbird. I couldn't kill a mockingbird too. It was It Chapter 2, Kill a Mockingbird. Chapter 2, okay. Number 9, In the Dead of a Wyoming Winter, a bounty hunter, an infamous criminal sister, and Aquafina plan a heist. What is my uh, field trip last summer? <laughs> you just turned this into Jeopardy. <laughs> We're looking for the hateful Ocean's 8. And number 10, a deadly threat from Earth's history reappears and a hunt for a lost artifact takes place between Batman and the Joker. It sounded like Indiana Jones, um, but then you threw in Batman and Robin or Batman and Joker. So I don't know. That is Transformers The Last Dark Knight. Okay. All right. So Jesse did get 50 points for our sample. And Julia, what is the score after three rounds? Dun, 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 dun. You are at an even 1,000 points right now. So we have reached our minimum of transporting through space. And Jesse, we've got one more question for you. It's a top 10 question. So we're going to give you some time to think about this one. One question, 10 answers. Each correct answer is worth 100 points. According to a 2017 article in Discover Magazine, who were the 10 greatest scientists of all time. Of all time. Yeah. We want the OG scientists. I will soon be on this list. This this makes it an easier question than who were the 10 greatest scientists of 2017. <laughs> me, 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 and me. <laughs> and my ego. <laughs> I just feel like the number of times that our engineer, Rachel, has, you know, bioengineered us or, you know, built a, a second lower deck on the pod... She would probably be one of the greatest scientists of 2017. Yes, but she doesn't 
tell anyone about this. It's just us recounting her expeditions in science. That's true. She does not log them or anything. No, and when she was on last week's episode, she talked very little about her scientific prowess. I think she's humble. Or hiding from the government. Oh, is that why she's on the pod? She's never explained, but that's my headcanon. I figured that's why our cat was on the pod, was that he had he is certainly a criminal of some sort. I think they're in cahoots at some point. I'm I'm sure of it. <laughs> do, 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 do. I think I had a dream that I was on Jeopardy last night. I think, yeah, I dreamt that I was on Jeopardy. How'd last you night. do? I don't remember actually performing on the show. I just remember the buildup of like being backstage and doing my hair and makeup and everything. But I was running late in traffic. Like it was the process of being on Jeopardy, but I didn't actually dream of being on Jeopardy. Did, so was Alex Trebek in the dream at all? No, he wasn't. So you were just dreaming production assistants? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just dreaming about the gussying up process of needing hair and makeup before going on Jeopardy. Well, isn't every little girl's dream to prepare to go on Jeopardy without <laughs> was, actually going on Jeopardy? There was no test of my intelligence in my own mind. <laughs> Maybe dream me was too lazy to Wouldn't think of questions. Wouldn't that be amazing, though, if your, if your subconscious mind had asked you a series of questions, you had played a whole round, and then you'd be able to host trivia shows? Like, for the next couple of weeks, you'd be all set. Like, I remember dreaming that I aced, like, a practice tester round to see if I was qualified to go, but I don't remember any of the questions that were on that. <laughs> so your dreamscape is not a factual one? Clearly not. Is anyone's dreams really factual? Does that happen? I'd bet the 10 greatest scientists of all time probably have factual dreams. I don't know. I kind of like picturing just, like, they, they're really human with their dreams, like being chased by a clown or something. Well, I mean... Clowns chasing you around is a fact. Yes, that is a fact. Yeah. That's true. Jesse, how are you feeling? You ready to name some scientists in I, our 10 I, Greatest Scientists round? I have some names written down. All right. Well. I, I like how he says some names. <laughs> Maybe not scientist names, but he has some names. I've crossed out Smith and Jones. I'm going with other names. <laughs> According to a 2017 article in Discover Magazine, who were the 10 greatest scientists of all time? I'm going to go with Stephen Hawking. Surprisingly, no. Not on the wow. list. That seems like a major oversight. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, then I would go with Albert Einstein. Yep, number one. Uh, Tesla, who we talked number about. Number five. And then I guess I have to put Edison in there, too. You know, weirdly enough, Edison's not on here. Okay. I think that Discover Magazine is like, hey, you killed elephants. We're going to go with the other guy. Thank you very much. Yeah, who wrote this? I want to know your logic. So I'd really like to thank uh, Mary Curie was uh, on the list. She is number two. Um, being a computer scientist, I like Ada Lovelace. Yeah, number seven. Uh, I got to go about a little bit further back in time with uh, Da Vinci. Mm, mm, mm. Good okay. thinking, though. Um, this is just a personal favorite of mine is uh, Benoit Mendelbrot. Mm -mm. No. Nope. Mathematician, classified fractals. He needs to be on the list somewhere. <laughs> how many more? How many more? Uh, do I have to guess? I think you've got four more. Yeah, four, four more. Uh, Louis Pasteur made milk safe to drink. <laughs> uh, is that what's called pasteurized? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, after. wow. I learned things today. <laughs> not on the list because everyone at Discover Magazine is lactose intolerant. Okay. <laughs> so they do not think he was all that hot. Uh, hat. How about... Did you say hat? I said hat. Hat. <laughs> not that hat. <laughs> Sorry, continue, I've been Jesse. listening to a lot of Amy Klobuchar recently. <laughs> <laughs> How 
How about Schrodinger and his fondness for cats? Uh, no, maybe they just have a thing against scientists with animals. Well, you know, Spock is outside and he's a big Schrodinger fan, mostly because he's he is never sure if he is alive or dead. Mm-hmm. All right, you get one more guess. Okay, and I'm going to put Julia on my list. Oh, thank you. But that was just for feeding my own ego. Julia was number 11. Here they are <laughs> in order. Number one was Albert Einstein. Number two, Marie Curie. Number three, Isaac Newton. Number four, Charles Darwin. Number five, Nikola Tesla. Number six, Galileo Galilei. Number seven, Ada Lovelace. Number eight, Pythagoras. Number nine, Carl Linnaeus. And number 10, Rosalind Franklin. And she's probably the least known name on the list, but her research was the foundation of Watson and Crick's Nobel Prize around DNA. So basically, they stole it from her. She did all the real work. Yep. Facts. All facts. After that final round, what is our AI telling us that Jesse's score is? dun dun dun, dun. Jesse got 1,400 points today. That is awesome. That sounds like a lot. That is a lot. You if that did... was an SAT score in the 90s, that would have been amazing. Yes. I think that's actually true again. They changed it for a while. but they I changed think, it again? I think the SAT's back on the 1600 scale, isn't it? Where was I when that was a thing? <laughs> I, Either I, I took it when it was out of the, college or in diapers. I took it when it was the, the changed format, and I didn't like it. Well, no one likes the SAT. Yeah, but like the SAT was even worse than the GRE, in my opinion. I hated the GRE. I never took the GRE. I I chose grad schools where you didn't have to have it. I think it's like all required now for any grad school. Oh, no, there are still a few you can sneak into. You got to dig for them. If you're you're doing things poetry style. (laughs) As always, all of our questions were provided by AI Supercomputer. So if you think it made a mistake, shoot us an email at triviaescapepod at gmail.com or give us a shout on Twitter at triviaescapepod. We'd also love to hear from you. Tell us how things are going back on Earth. Or share a piece of trivia or even a round of trivia that you're dying to have one of our guests answer. Again, that's triviaescapepod at gmail.com or at triviaescapepod on Twitter. You can also find us on Instagram yeah. at triviaescapepod if you want to see pictures of the lovely human beings who win our live shows. Do you have anything coming up that you want to announce, Ross? You got anything good going on? Well, why don't we check in with Jesse first? Because you know what? I bet he's got some shows coming up. Uh, I do. I, I perform at the Pits in Chapel Hill uh, on the Friday nights. Friday nights are free. You can come to 8 o'clock improv, 9.30 stand-up, uh, 11 o'clock open mic. Uh, I don't know when my next show is. It's not this week or next week. And then uh, you can also find me there on Wednesdays, uh, 6.30 open mic. Um, and that's where you can find me. You can find me on Facebook, B-E-R-N-I-E-R. If you find me there, I'll make announcements of whenever my shows are. And that's that's mostly what I've got coming up going on. Sounds good. And uh, just a reminder, the pit in Chapel Hill is on Franklin Street. It's a great place to go see some comedy. Uh, Julia, in terms of what I've got coming up, I will be at the AWP conference in San Antonio. Ooh, fun March times. 5th through 7th. And we'll be hosting... The reading that is Bull City Press, Four Way Books, and Autumn House Press. 
So come on out and check that out. If you are one of the 15,000 writers that's going to descend on San Antonio, you can find Bull City Press in the book fair where I will be dead-eyed from speaking to so many writers. What about you? Uh, nothing so much except for some writing, reading, working on school projects. But uh, in April, I will be going to a conference in Atlanta, and I'm super stoked for it because uh, I just get to go to a conference without having to worry about presenting a poster because I'm second author on one poster and third author on another poster, but I'm not the primary presenter of those posters, so I just get to go and attend talks and just relax at this conference, and I'm excited. I now have this vision of the primary poster author being in front of the poster for hours at a time, just like, well, let me tell you about you know protease inhibitors, and then the secondary and tertiary authors just being behind the poster, just drinking, just hammering back oh, shots. Oh, that's definitely going to be my plan. During my last poster presentation, at the conference in Kentucky, there was a cash bar during the poster presentations. <laughs> so if they're doing that again, that's going to be me. That is how research gets disseminated. And that's how you get on the top 10 scientists list. Hell yeah. Attend the conference and hit the cash bar. Oh yeah. You can also catch me and or Julia live at Trivia at Linda's on Franklin Street every Tuesday night at 8. So if you are in Chapel Hill, North Carolina or its surrounding areas, come on out. As an example of a fun time this past week, I asked someone to write me a dissertation defending Shrek having a nice ass to give him pity points for one of the questions. If he completes a whole dissertation on that, he deserves the points. I know. I didn't get it, though. He was very he was very sad that he didn't meet the deadline. You're having a very different experience as a host than I am, because the last time I hosted for the Wednesday crew, uh, I, I kind of casually made a joke that if I saw them using electronic aids, I, you know, I was going to text a picture of myself to uh, their significant other or parent with a, the caption that says, new boyfriend. And uh, I did catch one gentleman doing that and sent a picture of me and said, this is my new boyfriend. I kind of maybe continued to send texts like, I'm sorry you had to find out like this, but he's just so darn cute. <laughs> and she wrote back and she was like, well, no big loss. And I was like, oh, wow. no, I have to take this dude home and let him live in my basement now. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> What can you do? Jesse, what's a, what's the strangest thing that's ever happened to you as you were working the mic? Do you do any crowd work when you do stand-up? Uh, I generally stay away from it because most crowds, crowds don't know how to react. Yeah, most crowds are also full of terrifying people with horrible secrets. Yes. So what's the strangest thing that has happened to you while you were on mic? I'm not really sure. I've, I've had pretty straightforward experiences on the mic so far. Uh, I don't really have a good story for that. Man, what luck. <laughs> I hope it stays so, that way. So, knock on wood, hopefully someone will heckle me soon, and then I'll have a story to tell. No, I, I'm, I'm not knocking on wood for that. Oh, I hate it when... I've been rehearsing for getting heckled ever since I accepted my position on the house team, so I, I, I'm going to make sure they know not to heckle anymore. I hate when the crowd thinks, like, I'm going to be smarter than the stand-up. Because I feel like whoever has the microphone always wins yeah like there's just no way to beat the guy with the mic mm -hmm. well the person in the crowd is usually just saying something very generic and not interesting or smart or clever well if if you do get heckled i hope it is so vanilla that you can just put it down i the last time i saw a comedian just absolutely lose control granted he was like actively seeking out the crowd work 
But through the course of his crowd work, he sort of uncovered that the people that he was needling in the front row were not married, were having an affair, were out on a date, and managed to, I don't know why he let this happen, but managed to get the phone of the woman in his hand and was like, I'm going to dial your husband. And she was like, okay. (laughs) And he sort of hit this moment where he's like, well, now I can't do this. And I think she was low key ready to get it all out in the open. Right. But I felt awful for that guy because he really he had it and you could just see him like, oh, God, I really thought she was going to, you know, break in this game of chicken before I was. (laughs) And he was not prepared to go there. Yeah. Yikes. Good times. So anyway. Well, Jesse, we are so glad to have you here. Uh, we are sorry that we that everything was Star Wars today. And Nikola Tesla, I don't know what our AI was on about, but uh, we are going to let you get back into your own pod. Thanks for being with us, man. This was really great. I had a lot of fun here. All right. And there he goes through the airlock. Bye-bye. And Julia, it looks like you and I probably ought to get back into stasis because our oxygen is getting a little bit low and those spiders are getting closer yeah, they are lowering themselves towards us so I let's don't like this. hop back in our stasis beds if anybody has a space flamethrower send it our way please <laughs>